Hello, my name is James Pikeway, and you are listening to the Nightline Podcast. From cars to health to fitness to music, we have something for everyone. If you have a comment, question, or query about the program, email me, nightline at dubaii1038.ae. And if you're looking for more content from Dubai Eye, dubaii1038.com forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show. Get Fit Radio is the program. Amanda is here. She has her act together. She's ready. She's ready to talk fitness and more. And I want to kick it off, as as we always do, with things that are going on in the world of the folks who join us. And you are getting ready to head off to a CrossFit Regionals, but not in the same way that often we talk about on the show. You're going as uh, in in an organizational capacity. You're going to be working with the media folks in Berlin. Yes, correct. So I'm not fit enough to actually compete in those events. And also I've been injured for a while, so I haven't actually taken part in the third stage, which is the Open. Um, And I still get to go to attend and help out to work with the media team at Regionals, which is really exciting because you get a front row seat and that's really fun because you're very close to the athletes, but also seeing all the behind the scenes of how such a huge event is put together is really an exciting opportunity. And I miss Europe so much. So it's a very cool opportunity to go. What's, what is the regionals situation like? What is the regionals environment like, say, when you go to Northern Europe as opposed to the North Africa group and, and such that will be in Spain? It's actually the first year that they're separate. So Ooh. before Europe, it used to be one big region with the whole of Europe, Africa and Middle East. And the level of competition is so high now in that region that they had to basically split into two regions and give more qualifying spots to go to the games. So it used to be only five spots for the whole of Europe, Africa, wow. Middle East. And now each of those two regions gets four spots, four spots each. So Northern Europe gets four and Southern Europe, Africa, Middle East gets four. What, so it's what, more people going now. What will you be doing in a media capacity? What will your role be? It's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> we get we get very small details on that leading up to it. So I think Well, like you be doing color commentary talking about okay, there we're now doing, you know, the the 1000 burpee challenge with uh, you know, double unders and that kind of stuff and Most likely not because they have <laughs> they have people coming from the US for that and I'm actually happy I don't need to talk for 3 days uh, uh-huh. in a microphone. But it's more also kind kind of trying to help them figure out who's in the lead so okay. that they can go and talk about that person because they might not always. There's a lot of going on with like all the cameras and like who do they need to film, what's happening on the field. And if the media producer is basically looking at a few lanes, but he might not be able to see the entire field, yeah. then you can give him a heads up of like, oh, look, this is happening. This person's in the, in the lead or this one's falling behind and they were in the lead before or things like that. So it's kind of like helping with pointing at what's going on in the field. And then they also do a lot of um, sideline reports at the end where they pull out the athlete that won that heat and ask them questions of how it went, what they felt, uh, how it was, and did they thought they would win or what was their strategy going into this workout. Um, So they do that quite a lot as well. So I'm pretty sure we'll be involved in any of those areas. Amanda, I want to hit in on a a topic that is near and dear to so many people who... uh, train do exercise head to the gym whether they're whether or at their home gym or just doing whatever movement it is they can to try and keep fit you you spoke as we came into the show about working through injury yes 
I want to talk about it. This is this is becoming a perpetual conversation on this program yeah, yeah, because it it's amazing whether people are professional, semi semi professional, weekend warriors. The number of injuries that I hear people have, and it could just be little things. You know, I got a little Achilles thing, or my elbow thing, or an ankle thing, or a you know a wrist thing. How you as someone in the industry, how do you? manage with injury what how do you keep the process going with training others and training yourself when you're also working through an injury situation i think that the first thing is if you're active and if you're sporty you're at a higher risk of getting an injury but that doesn't mean you should not train because you're worse off by not training so the risk is there regardless of what you do i think your role as a as a like fitness person or as a coach or even as a member of any gym is to always stay on top of things and being informed of what's Mm. going on and how you should care for your body and i think that's maybe what most people miss is that they don't know how to care for their bodies so well and they overtrain and then that's when injury can happen so our role as fitness professionals is to make sure that people's form is correct that they understand what they're doing inside the gym why they're doing it how they should do it and also give them the tools that they can take care of their bodies outside of the gym. It's a, it's quite tricky because they only get an hour with us maybe when they come in for a session. And in that hour, it's tough to fit everything in, as in a warm-up, a workout, a cool-down, a stretch, uh, take care of your body. All of this would actually take more like one and a half to two hours, but yeah. not everyone can afford to take that time in a day for their training. So it's about setting priorities and maybe shifting a balance between some days of training and some days of active recovery or yoga or stretching so that you you basically need to take care of your body like you take care of anything else in your life. Amanda joining us from Inner Fight Gym. This is Get Fit Radio. My name is James Pikeway. And I want to, I want to jump back into form because this one is always on the back of my mind and I'm sure it's on the minds of many people who are tuned in right now to the program. You, you've nailed this one right on the head is that we go into the we go into any kind of activity whether it be running swimming playing football badminton table tennis hitting all sorts of different activities in the gym and the form that we are employing the way we're doing these activities might go back to when we were very young and we've been you know we've been doing that activity that way since we were 10 And now we're in our 20s, we're in our 30s, we're in our 40s, and we're still doing these activities with what feels like, well, that's always the way it's been done. That's always the way I've done it. It's bad form and ultimately could lead to an injury. When I'm young, eh, the body's pretty nimble. When I'm old, not so nimble. How, How do you help people break the form barrier is what I'm calling it. What happens most commonly, I think, is what we see is People used to be active as kids because they just had to and they were doing PE in school and things like that and their parents were taking them here and there to do some sort of sports. And sometimes you see people falling out of sports at some point in their life. So basically after teenagehood until early adulthood, it it happens quite often that people fall out, out of sports and then when they pick it up again... They think they remember how it used to be, but because they had this gap in between, their body also has changed and probably has um, stiffened in some ways because they're not very active. They sit down at a desk the whole day and they think it used to feel this way, but their body has changed and they haven't Mm. done it in so long that they don't really know what it should be like. And this is where we come in and have to teach people sometimes pretty much 
everything. Like wow. the, the body awareness, if you haven't been active your entire life, is a skill that you lose over time. I've been a dancer my whole life, so I've been really lucky that I've been active and I also have a good understanding of where my body is and what position. If someone gives me a verbal cue, it works very well and I understand. Whereas for other people, you need to give them physical cues. You need to actually like put their bodies in the position where they need to be for them to understand what it feels like. Yeah. They can't just like replicate what they see or if you tell them, push your knees out and then you look at them and you're like, that's not what I just said, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. So I think that's where we come in and like, teach people all these skills that they haven't practiced in too long to yeah. be honest do you, do you find it difficult as a trainer when people are working on you know pushing your knees out or flattening your back or all sorts of these other cues that you're giving that ultimately help people avoid injury that you go through it you do it once and they come back next week and they're doing it back their old way and again it's okay remember flatten your back and it's, and it's just we slip back into our old habit it tends to happen but if people come like if they come regularly for training, yeah. then usually we manage to get them to slowly pick things up and then it becomes a habit. But you also need to understand that if they've been doing things a certain way for the past 10 years with a rounded back yeah. and they come in your gym once, the chances of their body adapting to that just with one session is very low yeah. because they have a lot of experience of past experience with that poor mechanic movement. So it's going to also take time for you to fix this. As a trainer, sometimes we might forget that because we think, I thought you, I like, I've been going <laughs> over this than that. <laughs> last week for like an hour and now you come back in and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But realistically, if they've done something in the wrong way for 10 years, then they come back in, you expect that it, it will take a bit of time for them to get used to the new, the new movement pattern, yeah. basically. Do, do you think sometimes those bad movements that we've been doing for years and years and years, this is a leading question, helps to push us towards potential injury down the road? Um, do you think that's a, a cause and effect sort of thing? I don't Just, really know, nah. actually. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think that... It's just sometimes when, when people start moving again, they have those bad movement patterns. And yeah. that's why it's important to have a good coach or someone that can like point it out to you and tell you how it should be done. I think it's a great risk when people decide all of a sudden that they want to start training and they do it on their own. Mm. They haven't been active for 10 years and they decide to join a gym, which is a great initiative. Yeah. But there needs to be some sort of like mentoring or some sort of learning process that goes with it. Because if you just show up at a gym... You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what kind of rep sets and weights you and should be using. And everything changes. Like the just the just the you know, it's no longer just a bench press and a you know a couple dumbbells. You might yeah. be on machines they're new. You might even be on on loose machines. Yeah, free weights. Anything. The, the free that, weights, but they all they're all set up differently now. Yeah. And also, people see a lot of things on online on social oh, media. Oh yeah. So they try and replicate it, but they don't always see themselves. Yes. So they think they look exactly like the video but their back is almost broken into two pieces yeah. and they think it's flat. Which is why you need mirrors. You, you know, need mirrors, yeah. And it's, or someone that, or someone is, that stand is having there. a look at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amanda's here from Interfight Gym. This is Get Fit Radio. My name's James Pikeway. We have more conversation coming. Get Fit Radio is what you have tuned into. Amanda joining us from Interfight Gym. My name's James Pikeway. For the next hour, we're talking fitness. I, I want to bounce back to something that you brought up Background as a dancer, body aware, and the need to engage after you do some activity in some stretching to loosen up muscle groups. I've been the naysayer for that for like 40 years, only because, oh, I don't need that. I'm running and doing this and that. 
in the last year, a little bit of injury, not major injury, not debilitating injury, but a little bit of injury, came down to, you know what? I really do need to stretch. And only by now incorporating that into the workouts and into the, the, the routine of the week have I, have I really noticed the benefits. And I'm kind of going, man, if I'd only been doing this for the last 40 years, I'd be so much better off. Yeah. I think that um, the preparation to a workout, so the warming up is one of the most important things that people like to skip because they're in a hurry and they just want to get it over with, basically. Yeah. It's also a time constraint. So it's like if you have an hour... Tw- it could be 20 minutes of yeah. your life. Yeah, it could be. But if, if you have an hour dedicated to training, some people would rather train for the hour because yeah. they feel like the warm-up is not important, whereas it is really important. And the same thing applies for stretching, which can be done, which can be done either straight after the workouts or even better as a separate session. So your right. body has time to come down, to recover, and then you do it as a separate session. Some people don't do that if they're not diligent enough to do it as a separate session. So I tell them, then get it done after you work out. It's better to do it then than not do it at all. Yeah. Um, but it's very common that just people want to get the most out of their workout and they think that this is just going all in for an hour and go yeah. crazy. But then the recovery process does not really take place. I know Marcus likes to do a, a good 20-minute session first thing in the morning when he gets out of bed. And yeah, he, I think he does a, a sort of, he calls it a morning flow or something. Yeah, morning which flow. Which is some sort of core activation, some yeah, sort of it's, stretches. It's and a, lot of, a lot of yoga, actually. I've, I've watched his videos and done his videos with him. And, I mean, as in, I fought along his activities. It's a lot of yoga stretches. Yeah, yoga stretches and static stretches. And yeah. it's just Planking and here probably there. really good when you get up in the morning first thing out of bed to yeah. kind of start your day instead of jumping onto emails and coffee <laughs> and things like that. It probably also allows your mind to settle down and get ready for the day and gives you a bit of a calming like yeah. start to the day. Mm. Uh, here, I came across an interesting article, and I fired it off to you, uh, talking about marathons. Yes. And I, I've gotten into this, not that I'm a big marathoner, I, but I did do the Dubai Standard Chartered and decided I'm going to do the Dubai Standard Chartered again because I want to do a little bit better in, in the time and, and whatnot. But it was interesting. I was reading this article about marathon running and how it's becoming quite popular, although it's, it's quite popular. But when you look at the overall population of cities and places, it's not actually that many people who do those runs. Because and it's ultra, hard. It is. And, you know, the ultras are even fewer people. We, we hear a lot about them, but there's not that many people doing, doing them. It, yeah. and this article was interesting because it's talking about some studies that have been done over the last 20 years of marathons. And it's predominantly looking at North America. And what it's saying is people are actually getting slower. More people are starting to do it. And people are, are going through the process, but they're not getting faster. And when it, they first marathoning really started to take off and saying like 20 years ago when it became a little bit more mainstream, People were always aiming at faster, 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 faster. But now it's it's become more of a social thing. I thought that was really interesting that it's long-term activity, long-term exercise aimed at finishing, aimed at you know that that cardio push part, but not aimed at necessarily speed. And I thought that's that's. I think that I actually had a conversation about that with a friend recently who was going to do the Paris Marathon that okay. happened a couple of months ago. And I asked him, so what's your goal time? And he said, I don't have one. Yeah. I just want to finish. Yeah. So I think that because a marathon is quite a big, it's a big race. It's yeah. long. For most people, it's the longest they've ever exercised without stopping. Yeah. And because of that, I think a lot of people just go in with the mindset of, of finishing it and not necessarily having a time because it's it's an added stress and an added challenge. Maybe people like you do, who do it 
two years in a row, then decide, okay, now I've done it once. I know I can do it. Yeah. Now I'm going for a time. And you know, that's a big thing when we start talking about these kind of runs and it could be swimming, it could be cycling. It, there was a huge unknown. And I, and this is, this is something that I think people don't realize if you start talking Paris marathon or the Boston marathon or the London marathon, if the routes change the weather and all these things. And for me, I, you know, I did Dubai standard chartered, but as much as I've heard about it every year and I've done the 10 K's, I'd never done the marathon part. And there was, it was a huge unknown on what it was going to be like at the intervals, what it was going to be like at the water stations, what it was going to feel like after halfway, all these unknowns. And I started thinking, if you start putting this in now on a global context and start doing lots of marathons, it's a real mind trip and a real mind game. And I think as your, your friend was saying, finishing becomes a real seriously good goal. Yeah. Cause you don't know what's going to happen and it's different every time. And also yeah. your body might be different every time it's, I think it's a mix of conditions of external factors and also internal ones. So if your mind is if your mind is trained for it, then it's probably a bit easier yeah. to go in with a goal and a with like a specific mindset. But if you don't really know what you're doing and you're just doing it, yeah. then it happens just to be <laughs> I want to finish this. Yeah. Uh, we get some great questions have come through. Uh, here's a here's a wonderful one. It says I've joined a new gym. It's addressed at Marcus, but Marcus isn't here. Amanda is. And if you're wondering who Amanda is, she is here at Interfight Gym. And you can uh, come and have a conversation with her. She does lots of training and, and other things. Uh, my name's James Pikeway. This is Get Fit Radio. The text question says, I've joined a new gym, Marcus, and there is a focus on lifting. Not a CrossFit gym, but sure like CrossFit. Any tips on not getting injured? There is a side of me that wants to push hard. Well, this is perfect. That's this is awesome. This is right yeah, up your that's alley. a great question for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a common misconception about weights leading to injury, but uh, actually you can injure yourself running. So yeah. it, it's not weights equal injury. I think it's weights plus bad technique leading to injury. So if, if you join a new gym and they have qualified staff. That's an to, important one, isn't it? Check out. Check out the people. Who's check out there. who's working there. Check out if they know what they're doing. They don't need to be amazing athlete because it's not always good athlete equals good coach. But they need to know what they're talking about. Yeah. And if they can teach you proper form, then obviously you can you can continue your strength training and push hard without injuring yourself. Yeah. Then it's also about being able to understand the limits of your body at a certain point in time. So and not only do you, so first of all, you want to make sure that the people you're working with can actually help you with your form, that they have that knowledge. And that you're you're confident with them. If you're not yes. confident with the people who are training you, walk away. Walk away. Get, <laughs> go somewhere else. Simple. There's plenty of gyms in Dubai. So. Yeah. And if you say, oh, but it's such a great price. They're giving me such a great discount. I can really afford it. Then maybe there's something wrong yeah. with it. Yes. Second thing, and I think so many, and this goes back to the conversation that we started off with, people think about their ability and the activity they've done based on what they were like when they were a lot younger. Yeah, or what they see online or what their friend is doing. It's quite easy when you're in a group setting as well. If this is a group setting that you're attending and you're lifting weights to see what other people are doing and to get hyped up by, oh, this guy, (laughs) looks like he can lift more than me. I'm sure I can do that too. And then when ego comes into play a lot in training, because obviously people who like to train and like to push themselves are quite competitive usually. Yeah. But it's about being competitive with yourself and right. with your ability, not with somebody else's because you don't know what they do. You don't know how long they've been training. Mm. You don't know what's their training background and you don't even know what they're on. Right. Because obviously like everyone has their different things going. So just be competitive with yourself and push yourself to your own limits and 
your coach should also be telling you when to stop yeah. because when it gets too heavy and the form starts to break down it is the job of the coach to tell you now you need to not go heavier than that and you yeah. as an athlete need to be coachable enough that you're listening to what the coach is saying and say okay I understand and I agree and we'll just leave it at that for today. I, I remember being in the gym. I remember doing deadlifts and I remember the coach coming up and saying, yeah, dude, take weight off this bar. And I'm going, no, I can do it. And he's and 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 she, and she said, take weight off the bar. I'm going to stand here until you take weight <laughs> off the bar. You you are not able to do this properly. properly. No matter how much I said, no, take it's weight off the bar. It's not about you being able to yeah. do it. It's about you being able to do it in a safe manner. Right. And you know what? When we were done all the reps, I was so happy that we'd taken weight off the bar because it still felt really good and I had better form and it, it just works. So it's, it's just also sometimes people are really excited about short-term gain yes. versus long-term <laughs> health. And it's about finding that balance where you can push yourself, yeah. but you still want to be able to lift weights in 10 years. If that's your game plan, then you yeah. need to be careful on a daily basis and not think, oh, it does, I just really want to do that lift, but does it really matter right now? Do you need yeah. to make that heavy lift right now? And I guess it's it's that reps versus weight kind of thing, and that, that really factors in a lot. And I guess we, we really need to be certain what we're doing these activities for. What's our goal? Yeah. There's uh, there's different types. If, if it's muscle endurance, typically in a CrossFit workout, quite often we go lighter weights but more reps because right. if the goal is intensity and the weight is too heavy – there's no way you can bring the intensity up because you need to take so much rest between the reps. So when the weight is lighter, and that's what I tell my clients when they want to go heavy, I tell them, look, I want you to go fast. Yeah. The less weight I put on your bar, <laughs> the faster you're able to move, the more tired you'll feel and the more intensity you'll get out of this workout. But people don't always understand because they think more weight, more intensity. Yeah. Whereas it, the, the trends don't work that way. One goes up, the other one goes down. So for strength training, it's the opposite. Obviously, the more weight the more you're able to build strength with right. shorter sets. Then the, sheds are, the sets are usually very much shorter. It's never going to be 50 reps at a heavy weight. Otherwise, it will take you forever. <laughs> you're going to get injured, yeah. and that's not what we're after. Uh, here we go. Amanda joining us from Interfight Gym. This is Get Fit Radio. My name's James Pikeway. More fitness talk coming. Get Fit Radio is the program. Amanda joining us from Interfight Gym. My name's James Pikeaway. We're talking fitness. And by the way, if you've got questions you want to fire through to us, nightline at dubaii1038.ae. I'll put them on the list for next week's show. Or, of course, use the socials. Get it to us that way. Amanda, we have uh, more questions coming through. And this is a, a good one. Uh, and as a trainer, you must get this one all the time. It says, how long should it take for a heart rate to come back to resting from, say, 170 beats a minute in a good cardio blast? That's a question for Marcus to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very honest. I don't have an answer to that question. I um, only recently purchased a heart rate monitor to try and get that a bit more. How, how did you survive at, at your gym without... I mean, they Marcus is like Mr. Heart Rate Data Man. Yeah, he is, actually. And that's probably why I got this this um, heart rate monitor did you, as well. Did you also get... Did, you've got the I wrist one, a, but you've got the... the wrist the, one and the belt, and, and yeah. The belt, yeah. Because I haven't been training very consistently uh, due to injury so right. i haven't really been paying too much attention to that but yeah. now that i'm starting to get back into it i'm starting to look at the zones of heart rate and yeah. things like that and how it works but that's a very specific question and i'll be very honest i don't yeah, have an yeah, answer okay. to it easy so we'll I'm fire that gonna, one back to yeah. you talk about heart rate monitors and i know marcus is very much uh tied into the belts he really loves yeah. the belts for when i was what, training for a marathon i was running with so i was using my fitbit and I was using a belt. Yeah. So I had two Both. heart rate monitors because because everyone always says, oh, you know, the, I'm, I'm not uh, 
so certain about the wrist monitors and how accurate they are. So I ran with both. both. And what did you month. find out? They were the same for a month. And so the only thing I found with my, my wrist monitor that's working off my wrist, I had to make sure the band was very tight. tight yeah. If it was loose, I it got all sorts so of false well. readings. But as soon as it was tight, they were identical. I was getting exactly the same reading. So that's pretty good. So I ditched the band. I just ditched the, the strap and I said, you know what, I'll just run with the yeah. waist. I think the good thing with the, with the band is that you can also, for my watch at least, I can wear the band without having to wear the watch. Ah, and I can leave the watch on the side. So if gotcha. I'm doing like a pool workout and yeah. I don't want to put my watch in the water, yeah. or if I'm doing a CrossFit workout yeah. that involves kettlebell, then I'm afraid it's going to break my watch. Right. Then I can leave it on the side and it's okay. going to connect automatically. All right. So that's nice. maybe one of the advantages. That of is it. an advantage. Okay. I'll keep that one in mind. Uh, do I have more questions? I do. Here we go. Any tips on a general fitness test to know where I am? I'm a 35-year-old administrative assistant. I'm female. I got an office job, and I like to hit the ladies' nights, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to picture what this means, and I'm like, I have actually uh, no idea. <laughs> this means that you know, buffets likes to you know eat poorly and and stuff. I'm thinking calorie intake is pretty high. Probably drinks as well. Yeah. So what general? So I guess this person. Is, has hit that point where they're saying, and people are maybe, maybe they're saying, you know, clothes aren't fitting exactly the way they used to, looking in the mirror, not exactly happy with what I'm seeing, wants to do a general fitness test to figure out, okay, where am I? And I guess, in a sense, take this question a little bit broader. This could just be anybody who's thinking, all right, I need to start doing something. I want to do a baseline test. Yeah. What, 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 do you suggest, what, do you, what do you do with your clients when they come in to assess where they're at? So the first thing we do is um, obviously we have a chat with them where we ask what's their training background, who they are, what kind of lifestyle they have. And then we would have them step on a scale and do what we call a BCSO, a body composition analysis. All right. And that's the first. We hear this a lot I, yes. on the show, going and, and doing these tests. These tests. So that's the first sort of starting point where we have a look at obviously body weight. We measure your height as well, and then the machine will do the analysis. And the number that we're actually more interested in is uh, body composition, so percentage of body fat and muscle mass. Because your body weight is one measure, but what that weight is made of is yeah. more interesting to us. Because you could be heavy, but if that weight is, let's say, primarily muscle mass, then you're probably very lean and very fit. So you probably would know also that you're very lean and fit. But then if you don't know, then we'll have a look at that body fat percentage and then assess where it is right now and where we would want you to be or where you would want to be as well. And that's more of an indicator than any um, like scale on the weight, yeah. uh, weight on the scale because that moves up and down quite a lot. Th those scales are deadly, aren't they? And everywhere you go, every person has one in their home. Every I don't own one. You don't own one? No. Wow. Because I don't really go by weight. I go by feel and yeah. look. And if I feel good and look good, then... It doesn't really matter what See, the we're in the, the same club is. because Marcus has said to me, "If you've gotten on a machine or anything, I was like, no. no, I've gotten on. Got, now I never get on. Someone said, "How much do you weigh?" So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just get it done here like once a month just yeah. to kind of keep track of what's happening with my body. But as long as I feel good and feel healthy and like yeah. the way I look, there's no need for. I me go. To are, weigh. The, are the love handles gone? Yep. Are they coming okay. back? Uh, as, soon as, I, do yeah, as soon as I see that, I'm going. Okay, well, I've got to. Up, I'm doing something wrong, and you know, for me, often it becomes diet. And, and, you know, too many apple pies around or things like that. And, and for me, I know that's my kryptonite. I know that I get near the sweets. I, I can't hold back. It's really hard. <laughs> Same for me. I love eating, so I'm not even going to try to yeah. make excuses. It's just sometimes yeah. I indulge myself because I feel like I want to. Yeah. And I keep it in control because it doesn't happen every day. And then it's fine. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that is the key. You can you can have a breakout, but man, make sure that it's not now for a not week. a breakout week, like yeah. a breakout day, <laughs> a breakout or meal. Day. A breakout meal, yeah. sure. A breakout, breakout meal is fine. Is fine. Yeah. Yeah. But a breakout week. The break- problem is it turns quickly into a breakout weekend, which turns into a breakout week, and yeah. then a breakout oh, I'll month. Get, I'll get back to it later and six later. Six months later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's you know it becomes that that big thing of being honest with yourself. Yes. And that's why some people need the accountability of the scale. Yeah. Because it gives them a way to track what they're doing and if it's working. And they also need maybe the the reassurance that what they're doing is actually working. Yeah. But then if you do it every day, your weight can fluctuate so much with water, with how you slept, with what you ate the day before. If you had a little bit of sugar or too much salt, you're going to retain more water. That's why I don't like to look at it on a daily basis. I'd rather look at it maybe on a weekly or monthly basis. So we've, we've got the body composition body analysis. analysis. Yeah, that's the first what, one. What's the second part then? The second part is we'll have a look at how people move just to see, ah. we, we'll have them perform basic movements just to see are they actually able to perform these movements and then take it from there. We also have an in-house test that we call, we call baseline and we have different target times for that test okay. that we want people to hit and then it gives us a way to measure where they are on their fitness journey but that's not a that's not a global worldwide test that everyone is doing i think it should be really um it's we do that in house and it gives us a way to measure people's um starting point in their fitness journey and then they can retest that later on and see that's also what we use as a general like like schedule or progress for our members as well so that they can track their progress over time so we have a long list of tests or benchmark that we test. They can be either a workout or they could also be um, a single like model training, like a 1K run. Okay. What's your time for 1K next month or six weeks later? What's your time for that 1K? Have you improved? Yes. How much? No. What happened? Uh-huh. That's how we okay. go with pretty much everything. Amanda joining us from Interfight Gym. This is Get Fit Radio. My name is James Pikeway. Taking questions as we do. Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae if you want to get them on the show. So we do body weight analysis we do some baseline testing. Anything else we should be doing? Does that pretty much cover? How I think that you... pretty much covers the like. The and first I guess you can stage. set up your own baseline test. Yes. How many push-ups can you do in a minute? How many sit-ups can you do in a minute? How many burpees can you do in a minute? Go and do a, a kilometer run. Get your time and just track it all. I think tracking yeah. becomes the key. Keeping yes. track and saying, you know, when someone says, "Well, how many burpees can you do?" So, uh, I, you know, and, and yeah. everyone's, I don't know, in a minute, I don't know, maybe I can do 20, 25. 20. And then you're know, being honest, writing it down on a piece of paper so that you can see where you are. And I think the term general fitness is very broad as well. It also yeah. really depends what your goal is. Is your goal to get strong? So then do you want to look at your back squat number and your deadlift number? Or is right. your goal to be good at running and then your like mile time becomes really important to you? So general fitness is very, very broad, broad and you need to define what you're interested in and what you want to be able to then measure what's relevant to you. I guess that becomes a really big issue as well when you're looking at where do you want to go and work out? What are your goals? And go to that gym that's going to work towards those goals. And you say, well, it's just a gym. I'm just going to do general working out. It's like, well. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't see my face. I'm grinning right yeah, now. Yeah, you're kind of going, you're grimacing, going, well. So, I mean, you want to go and do some of the Les Mills stuff? Okay, well, there are some great gyms in the city that do all the less mill products yep. go find the one that does it the best and join there yeah, if you want to do much. crossfit 
find the, the CrossFit gym that's doing what you're interested in. And even within the same branch, like within the CrossFit gyms, there's different types of yeah. CrossFit gyms. Some gyms have different emphasis on different types of movements. Some gyms will be way better at endurance. Some gyms will put more emphasis on strength training. Um, Interfight is quite big on endurance as well because we have a lot of endurance athletes doing triathlons and things like that. Yeah. So I think each gym has their own thing and you need to find one that works for you in terms of the training style, the culture, the people, pretty much anything. And I think that's that's really important. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. They just think gym is a gym is a gym. And they look at the price and and they look at how close. I think the convenience (laughs) of it being close to work or on the way to home is good because it means that you don't need to go so much out of your way to get there and it makes it easier for you. But even within that, there's probably a broad variety of options because there's so many gyms in Dubai, for example, that you could choose one that's close but that also works with those criteria of what you want are the people knowledgeable do they know what they're doing is the atmosphere great did someone say hi to me when i walked in (laughs) like there's all these things that i look at when i go into a place not just the gym anywhere i'm like am i being treated as a customer or am i just someone just not even looking at me you know Amanda joining us from Interfight Gym. This is Get Fit Radio. We're taking your questions. We're answering your queries about the wild and wacky world of fitness. My name is James Pikeoy. Get Fit Radio is what you're listening to with Amanda from Interfight Gym. My name is James Pikeoy. We're talking about the wild world of fitness and two things we were just talking off air about earthing and floating. And it's this is kind of weird stuff. I mean, it's not weird stuff. It you know, it depends. There's all these different genres of health and well-being out there. And one of them is this whole idea of, of aligning the electrical currents in our bodies. And it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I've met people who are absolutely in tune with that. And they, they often talk about static electricity in homes and things like this. And we walk with shoes and we walk with socks. And, and they say, you know, you got to, you got to, attached to nature a little bit and sometimes it's getting those socks and shoes off and walking on natural surfaces and they really believe that it helps to keep your body's electrical system in line and it's kind of cool i said okay i don't yeah i don't really know the reason behind it but i know one of our trainers um while he was competing in the open he was actually doing that okay um barefoot grass walks yeah at least once or twice a week yeah um, just for I, I don't know if it was that long, maybe five to ten minutes, but it's just a way of connecting his body to other elements and yeah. giving it a different. Because I think also our body responds to different stimulus. Yes. And your feet are quite often protected with shoes and socks and everything, and they don't get stimulated as much as they should be, maybe. Yeah. So this is a way, and apparently it's very relaxing as well. There we go. Any, I haven't tried, but okay. You know? Anything for a competitive edge is yes. the way I look at yeah. it. At that point, when you're that high-level athlete any small margin of improvement becomes critical because you already are maximizing on everything else. There's there's another uh, article that I, I threw into the list. And of course, you can go to DubaiI1038.com forward slash Nightline, go to the podcast, go to the blog, and you can get all of the notes and links that we used on this evening's show. One of them is also float tanks. And I, these have been around for a long time, and I hear people talk about this all the time. And this is why you want to go to the the Dead Sea and things and yeah. just float. Have you tried the float tank? No, I've never tried a float, float Me neither. tank. I, I, the idea of being, if it's covered over, I have some... Not I too comfortable know. with that either. No. Yeah. But I've been to the Dead Sea before. That yeah, was an amazing it's, experience. It's cool just to float. Yeah. So they, and they just say, you know, it can be very relaxing. It is. Very good for de-stressing. I guess, you know, if you just float around in a pool. That works as well. Yeah. 
So again, other things to consider. If if people have been doing the floating, floating therapy, which they say is good for de-stressing, it's good for grounding you, it's good for all sorts of things. Let us know. Love to hear from you. Nightline at Dubai1038.ae. Uh, here's another one that's come through from Marcus. It says Marcus, you talk about making time to move. Any tips on carving out that time? I hear you talk about your years in the office. How did you do it? Marcus isn't here. So how how do you let's let's fire this over to Amanda and and ask you this the whole question is about how do I make time for exercise especially when we've got folks right now who are driving home we've got what folks who are listening who are in the office listening to the podcast how do they how do you get it into people's minds that there's always time you've just got to figure out where the time is to do whatever that movement might be for me, the most important thing is that training needs to become one of your top priorities. I'm not saying the top one, but one of them. Otherwise, there will always be something coming before So you can training. always find an excuse, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. You'll always find an excuse, oh, but this and work and the kids and that. And I understand that we all have very busy lives and very conflicted priorities, but it needs to be important enough for you to go out of your way to make it happen. Right. You can always get up half an hour earlier in the morning and go for a run. Yeah. You could. You could. People you could. don't want to, but People they could. Don't, they don't want to, and they'll find excuses <laughs> as to why they can't. Yeah. But the bottom line is they can. I got they a friend just... who gets up every morning, 4.30 a.m. Now, he goes to bed at 8.30, so he's getting yeah. the full sleep, but 4.30 a.m., gets on the treadmill for an hour, watches the news, does you know dumbbells and some, some basic exercises, then goes and does a, a half-kilometer run after all of that, and that's a, that's the start to his day, six day. days a week. That's awesome. Takes one day off. There's a good exercise you can do actually. Is you take a you can take a blank piece of paper and try to break down your day in hours and see what you're doing. Because see where the wasted time see, is. See where the wasted time goes <laughs> because obviously you're if you're trying to to schedule a workout and then you can't, there must be something in your day that's just taking your attention or taking too much time that yeah. you need to work on. So you'll have a look at okay, how many hours do I actually sleep? And don't don't, don't guess. Don't say, oh, I think I sleep eight hours. Yeah. Track your sleep and tell me, okay, I sleep seven hours a night. I know. Okay. I've been tracking my sleep and I'm shocked. Like, we're, I'm, getting under, way, under I'm getting sleeping? way too little sleep. Yeah. Like, way too little. People don't realize, or they might think they get too much, but actually they don't or things like that. So, And then have a look at your day. Okay, I work from that time to that time. And then this time is for lunch. This time is for kids. And all of a sudden, you're like, there's six days, so six hours in my day yeah. that are not busy but that I don't have for working out. So where are these hours going? And that's when you start to feel like, okay, I spent half an hour on social media before bed. All right, that's already 30 minutes you lost. You yeah. get another one of those and that's an hour of training. There we go. I, it's very easy to find those moments because we waste a lot of time doing small things in between. The social media time grab is huge when you start thinking, okay, how much time am I on Snapchat? How much time am I on Instagram? How many, uh, how many minutes am I on my WhatsApp and my Twitter? Facebook Messenger, just and just looking at the feeds, that could be a minute, a minute, a minute. And if you're doing one of those minutes an hour, and you you know you got a 12-hour day, well, okay, that's if you're only doing a minute, that's 12 minutes right there. I just downloaded an app recently to track how many times I unlock my phone in a day. Okay, and what, how have, much what time have you got? What's I see the graphs there. It is horrendous. <laughs> it's terrible. First of all. To be fair, and that's probably an excuse on my side, but I also work on my phone. Yeah. As in, I do a lot of emails if I'm not in like in front of my computer, or I do a lot of social media for events that I take care of. So I have to be on my how, phone how quite a lot. How many events do you take care of? 
Um, it depends. It varies throughout the year. Sometimes smaller projects and a lot of them, sometimes bigger ones and yeah. like less. Okay. Um, I spend some days up to five, six hours on my phone. Get out of here. But that's also... <laughs> yeah, but okay, it's your work device. To be fair, I listen to um, audiobooks on the way as well in the car, yeah. and I don't switch off the app. So if I'm driving somewhere and listening get, to an audiobook for half an hour, it, it counts as in. It counts okay. as in. But also the amount of time I unlock my phone on a day is just horrendous. So get one of those apps, see how much time you waste on your phone, and then you'll realize that you can actually squeeze some time in. Amanda joining us from Interfight Gym, the Get Fit Radio. My name is James Pikeway. We're talking fitness and how you can harness more of that time. So imagine in those five hours when we're talking about that you're you're on that phone. There's got to be half an hour, 45 minutes. You could Easy. optimize time, better time Easy. management skills. And and you know there's, there's people who are on their phones a lot more. It's it's interesting when you always see people pulling out the phones. And and I've said this one over and over again. I I know the RTA listens so. They're, they're going to be taking notes again. But I think we have a huge opportunity with micro bursts of movement and, you know, things like squats and, you know, just getting up on your toes or, or whatever. When people are waiting for metros, buses and more, and I just see people standing around and I'm thinking they could be doing something. Have you ever seen someone sitting in a squat at a metro station, how people look at them? I know, it's but funny. who cares? Yeah, I don't care because I've done it before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been you, on both ends. You've got, a, you've got some yeah. time. You're waiting. Let's do some squats. Do something for you, yeah. yeah I'm not saying but get down. You can down also a... do lots of other movements that yeah. don't maybe look as like big as that, but you yeah. can do a lot of like joint circles. Exactly. You can move. You can do anything that makes you feel good. Yeah. And there's all these little moments that are usually wasted time that become yeah. now so precious. You see? Yeah, there's opportunity here. And I think if... If the RTA was to put up some signage, giving people an idea of what they could do and how to do it. That's an amazing idea. A little bit of video action there that, that directs you through it. Hey, the next thing's coming. Now we're going to do a group group activity for the next 30 seconds. There was a, a country that did that a while idea. ago. Yeah, a country that did that where people could pay for their um, transportation, public transportation with squats. Wow. They were doing a certain amount of squats and it would give them a free ride. You see? I'd that was an amazing that. idea. And with all the tracking technology now, you put it in and it, it follows you and it does the count. Boom. Yeah. Easy. I'm in. I think that's great. Here's another great question. I'm working out four times a week for 45 minutes, group workouts. I'm not seeing any better toning or change in cardio ability. What might I be doing wrong? Tips on maximizing workouts, please. What do you think? We don't have a lot of information here. No, it's not a lot of information. My first question would be, how's your diet going? Yeah. Because if someone's working out four times a week for 45 minutes and they're getting some sort of intensity in their workouts, but they see zero change, yeah. my first question would be to have a look at the diet. How close is the coffee shop with the Frappuccino, Macchino, Carmelita? And how often do you take a trip there? Yeah, well, so. before, after the workout. Be of course, because <laughs> you just work worked out. out, so now you're allowed <laughs> to get those calories back in, but then you're not seeing yeah. the change. I think that's the biggest. You worked out for 900 calories and you just consumed 1,500 they're, Why am I gaining weight on my <laughs> on my workouts? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so food might be the first food thing. Food might be think. because 80% of what you do is your diet, 20% is your training. So. Sometimes I wonder also when people are, are doing the classes, and I'm as guilty as anyone with this with a lot of different group classes, is I just I just become part of the crowd. And when I should be working a little bit harder, I give up. I just sort of say, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out one little rep because I'm just too tired. I, I, I wonder if that... They're working for 45 minutes, but are they being honest, honest with, with themselves the workout? and putting the intensity? Yeah. What's good is find a buddy. I know that kind of goes against being competitive with someone else, but it's not about being competitive with yeah. someone else. It's about 
finding someone that can push you yeah. to push yourself. It's just a little bit of push. Yeah, just yeah. get someone and be like, okay, if he's doing 20 calories, I'll do 20 as well. Yeah. And that's Easy. fine. Yeah. Easy. Accountability. Yes. Someone to keep you accountable. Yeah. Nightline at DubaiI1038.ae. If you want to fire us a question, we'll get it on next week's show. Amanda's been joining us from Interfight Gym. This is Get Fit Radio. Amanda, we've run out the clock. We'll do it all so again fast. next week. Same yes. place, same time. Thank you very much for coming out. Thank you for Talk having to you me. Talk you soon. Yes, have a good day. Bye. <laughs> you too. This has been Get Fit Radio. My name is James Pikeway. We'll talk to you soon.